0: Well, thank you, yes, well, those of you who wish me happy birthday, I want to say thank you, I was touched by that, and I just can't get my head around it, 45, I mean, that's what old people, you know, that's old, I mean, I can, it's old, isn't it, yeah, but still I've got to come to terms with it somehow. Okay, let me just pray, listen, before I chip into the word, and I'm excited about this word, I just sense, uh, you know, the worship, there was something, there was a real sense of God's victory and presence in that, and I just know that God's going to do something as in the rest of the service through the word. Before we do that, though, I do need to just um, ask you to bow your heads. I'm not going to do a big explanation because there isn't time, but many of you know what the watchman ministry is, right? I'm not going to explain it. I haven't got time. Can I just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give some of you a nudge to be our watchman in this coming year You know, without any kind of introduction? Just bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for the warp and weft of this church, which is prayer, and we thank you, Lord God, that it, it's the thing that binds us together. Uh, it's the thing that, that invokes your presence. It's the thing that causes us to contact and to be in touch with, with you and your plans and purposes for us. And I just ask now, Lord God, that you would nudge a number of us just to be watchmen in this coming month. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. And if you wouldn't mind just raising your hand if you sense that that's something that you would be willing or sense God is prompting you to do, just do that now. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you, thank you, bless your hearts. Father, thank you for those who served as watchmen this past month and one week, and please bless all those who are offering now, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, so we are, this year, there's been a kind of a a motif running through the whole thing, which is the call, and uh, we've got a lovely image for that, which uh, we have there, thank you. And uh, we began the year with... uh, Five, six weeks on the call, you can, if you missed that, if you've joined us recently and and want to sort of touch base with that, it was really a, a looking back to remind us where we'd come from, but it was also looking forward and asking ourselves, how do those promises that God made to us when we were just starting this church 25 years ago. How do they apply today, and what should we uh, be, be putting our shoulder to? And so we spent five or six weeks talking about that, uh, the kingdom of God, and then we went into the Easter series, Life Wins, which proved to be very good, and thank you, God, for that. And then last uh, week, um, Rich uh, did a great job. I was away, had a weekend's vacation, and, and Rich did a wonderful job there, and uh, I, I just want to honor you, my dear colleague, and, and say, you just get better and better and better. It's scary. So uh, God bless you. Give him a clap. But this week, uh, we resume the call. Uh, we're going to do this throughout the year. We're going to kind of like, um, kind of keep coming back to it and, and, and referring to it and reminding ourselves of things that are important to us. And I want to do a little teaching over the next two or three weeks uh, on the call and blessing and uh, the blessing has been something that has been incredibly powerful and important to us. And I want to teach you about what the blessing is. You know, How can you get the blessing? How can you keep the blessing? How can you give the blessing away? And we'll touch on all of those over the next two or three weeks. Uh, and for some of you, you'll go, oh yeah, about time too. And others, you think, well, well, I'm not sure what that's about. So let me just pray and we'll get straight into it. Father, I want to say thank you to you. As always, we're praying at the moment that, Lord, we hope that our prayers and our Uh, Our preaching will be engaging and uh, we hope our our talking, our speaking will be entertaining even. There's nothing wrong with that, Lord. You told many stories when you were walking the face of this earth. But most of all, most of all, we pray that what we say will be effective. And we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. So the call and blessing. Let me just give you a practical example of the power of the blessing. Um, Some many years ago now, shortly after we had started, we had a dear friend, uh, Bob Crane, who uh, is a vineyard pastor and is in retirement now, but he kind of mentored us a little bit when we first started amongst others. And he came with this teaching called The Blessing, and it turned us upside down. It's something that you kind of... Uh, you, know, you, you you kind of take for granted at the end of every service for example I or whoever's up here will say the blessing and I see many of you sort of adopt a posture as if to receive it and I'm always encouraged by that but it's not just a way of finishing a religious thing there is something really powerful about the blessing and, and we need to understand and grasp all the more clearly that, that what we say as sons and daughters of the most high, uh, high God have, have power you know, we have the power to bless, the power to curse. And um, so we took this teaching of the blessing that we were blessed and that God had blessed and called us the vineyard into St Albans even when many were saying we shouldn't be here and, uh, and that, bless, that God's blessing was upon us and it was something that we could give away. And we took that very seriously. It was part of our, something, part of our, our real language in those early days. We needed to, needed to really hang on to that. And I want us to really dis- rediscover that kind of further now. I remember this guy called Michael. Uh, he, he's not in our church now. He's gone on to another church. He moved, he relocated. But I remember he, he came to see me once and uh, he was in a terrible state. He was in an absolute low ebb of his life. His, his marriage had broken up. Uh, I, uh, his uh, wife had run off with his, his best friend of many years. Um, his son blamed him so wouldn't speak to him. He was an older man and uh, had a grown-up son, and and uh, and, and then uh, uh, he'd had a series of failed businesses and ill health, and uh, and and uh, he was coming to me at his absolute lowest ebb because he was an antique dealer, and uh, he had a, a little shop, but he kept uh, uh, he was a specialist in Oriental rugs, in antique Oriental rugs, and he had a uh, lockup on a, on a on a country estate near here. There were a number of little kind of business units on this country estate. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to get myself in trouble for the wrong things. But he had this little lockup and he had just found out that the lockup had been broken into and all his stock, which amounted to pretty much everything he had, these antique rugs, some of them were thousands of pounds, had been stolen. The estate manager rung him up and said... Michael, you need to get yourself up here. I'm sorry, but there's been a break-in. And he went up there and everything. They just kind of reversed up a van and emptied the whole thing. And he came to me, you know, a week or so later. He was talking to the police and things like that. And he was just beside himself. He sat on my sofa. He was a grown man, you know, like me in mid-40s, you know. And um, sort of weeping. uh, And he was in a bad way. And I said, I just felt it was one of those things where you just feel, you listen to this story and you think, my. Giddy on, what a story. And I said, I I have nothing, I I don't know what to say to you, Michael, but but let's just pray. That's all I need to do at this moment. So we prayed, and while uh, we were praying, I felt the Lord say to me, um, there is a curse on him. Ask him whether he uh, can recall being cursed. So, uh, you know, uh, I found it, a good policy to do what the Lord says. So uh, we finished praying and I said, Michael, I need to ask you a question. I, uh, this may seem a little left field, but, but are you or can you remember a time when you, you've ever been cursed? When anybody to your face has ever cursed you? And uh, he looked at me kind of taken aback and he said, no, no. I said, well, let's just, let's just pray and let's see if anything, we'll ask God to give you a word of knowledge Put something in your mind, maybe that'll help. Be a, 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 as I'm trying to, as we're trying to think and pray this thing through. So he, he was kind to me, he obliged. We asked the Holy Spirit to come, and at the end of just a very short time, uh, I, I, I said to him, anything come to mind, you know? And he said, well, not really. Uh, uh, maybe there was one thing. And I said, right, what was the one thing? He said, well, I, I, I went to a Catholic boarding school, a boys' boarding school in, in, in Ireland. And uh, one day, we, we were going to have a special visit by the archdeacon of the diocese. And the boys were all hyper and overexcited. And we were in our, ru- our classroom waiting for the visit of the archdeacon. And uh, our teacher, a monk, had to, a priest and monk had to just pop out and so we were in there and we just went a bit crazy and one of the guys let off the the water fire extinguisher. And of course once you start those things they don't stop, there's water everywhere and it went all over the place and what's worth it, it went over the the cloak that was hanging on the back door, this sort of priest's cloak. So there's absolute panic, the boys are absolutely, yeah, oh my gosh, what have you done? And Michael went and got the, priest's cloak off the back of the door to kind of try and brush it off and as he did so the priest monk and the archdeacon came through the door so the place is covered in water he's got the, the cloak which is dripping wet and the archdeacon of the diocese and the priest monk came in and the teacher went mental and the archdeacon turned to michael and said damn you, boy, damn you. And so Michael's telling me this story. He said, I haven't thought about that for 30 odd years. Do you think that could be a curse? And I said, you know what, I think so. So I said, do you mind if we pray again, Michael? And I asked him a few very sensitive questions because I, I realized that this man was very religious, had always had some kind of faith, that he always tried to do the right thing, but he wasn't actually a Christian. You can go to church. You can do the right thing. You can bow and scrape. And you can read the book. You can go to essential. And you can still not be a Christian. So I led him to Christ. By now he's weeping. God is on his case. Very simple prayer. I led him to Christ. And then I prayed the blessing upon him. And I broke the power of that curse. And it was like this, he had come into the room with a dark cloud. And suddenly it was like the whole... Room lit up with the presence of Jesus. He thanked me profusely. He was a bit shell shocked. He said, "I I, I don't know what to say." I said, "Well, you need to go home and have a cup of tea or something." But the story didn't end there. Could somebody just go and check out what all that noise is in the atrium, please? Thank you. It may be that we're supposed to be doing that, or may not be. You know. Thank you very much. But anyway, there was a lot of people running around out there. That's good. Okay, if I can have your attention again. Two weeks later, Michael came up to me. He looked like a completely different man. It was like years had run off him. He said, you will never believe what's happened. I said, please tell me. He said, I was up in Berkhamsted, and I'm trying to do a little bit of trading to get myself back on my feet, and I'm walking around this, this little antique trade show that's up there, and I'm walking around, and would you believe it? I see one of my rugs on this trader's stand. And I'm shocked. He said, these things are all unique. They're like my children. I, I, I know them. I, I, you know, I'd given the police a, a dossier of photographs because they're very valuable, but, but there is one of them on this trader's stand. So I, I, I said to the guy, I said, where did you get that rug from? And the bloke said, well, well, what do you mean? And then Michael explained that he'd had all his stock stolen and he could prove that this was his rug. And the guy said, well, I've got two more in the back of the van, I bought bought three, and the chap said if I needed any more to get in touch with him. And so he said, let's get the police, so they got the police, and it turned out it was the estate manager who had rung him and said, oh, Michael, get yourself down here, you know, uh, there's been a robbery. He had actually done it, and he went to jail, he did seven years. He was prosecuted in seven years. So Michael's life had been dogged by this curse, which an authority figure had placed upon him. By the grace of God, I could see what it was. I broke the power of the curse, as many of you will have done, as we teach and we do. We bless the guy with the blessing. Suddenly, his life begins to turn around. And on this, but that's why it's such a great story. On this story, I can tell you, you know, give you hard evidence that the blessing works. Some of you here, and the Lord, I said to the worship team, and I'm sure this is partly why our worship, which is always wonderful, was especially poignant, especially, some of you are gonna have a curse broken off you today. Even as I'm speaking, you may think of somebody who, Maybe being a, some sort of authority figure in your life, parent, grandparent, teacher, whatever. Something's come to mind that maybe you've not even thought of before, where somebody spoke and made an, an evil prophecy over you, as it were. You will amount to nothing. You'll never be able to hold down a job. You'll never be any good at relationships, whatever it is. And the Lord's going to break that, because that's not the last word over you. And Jesus is the living word, and he has the last word over you if you are a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me just sort of um, give you a little bit of biblical background about this. Why don't you you turn with me, if you've got a Bible, to uh, Ephesians, sorry, not Ephesians, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Coming up, there we are. The the blessing is like a golden thread, the story of the blessing. You can trace the blessing through the scriptures in every generation. But it all begins with Abraham, who was to become Abraham, in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning. And let's just read this. It says here, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. The call always involves a letting go of all things. You can't stay where you are and have God's blessing. You can't stay where you are and pursue a call. There is always a letting go. There is always a sacrifice. And in this case, Abraham is called out from his, his family, his his uh, homeland and all the rest of it. You have to let go in order to let God. There is always a a measure of sacrifice, of letting go. And it goes on to say, and you'll be pleased to know that Abraham did follow the call and go out into the wilderness with barely his only worldly goods. And God said this to him. And I want you to read this and I want you to understand this. This is the blessing which is on us now. Because we are inheritors of this blessing. More of that in just a moment. I will make you into a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. As God's own people, as as his beloved, this is the blessing which is part of our inheritance. Now, you know, some of you joined the church this year, but um, at the beginning of this year, we spoke a lot about inheritance. This is part of our inheritance. We'll look at that again a little bit more. And there are just three things. I could actually talk about seven things that are benefits to the blessing. I just want to want you to clock, bri- albeit briefly at this point, three things relating to that little piece. First of all, there is prosperity. Over the long haul, there is prosperity. Now Michael, I told you the story, had a pretty quick turnaround in his fortunes. Not always like that. In fact, if you read about the story of Abraham, he had many ups and downs, but it ended well. And it always ends well with God because he has the last word over your life and in your life. The first thing is there is this promise of prosperity. I will bless you, he says. Second, there is this, this, uh, a, uh, th- this promise of protection. You know, when we, in the first year that we started this church, not many, some of you know this, Fliss and I, after, the, after one year of this, we were homeless. We had no uh, we we had no resources, It didn't look like we were homeless because we just went on six weeks holiday in Cornwall. You know, we went to a Bible camp, we hung out with my mother who lived down there, we we did this, that and the other and we were just frantically waiting for a call to tell us that we'd been given our home back for another year, we were renting a home. During that time, I tripped over something in the dark in a friend's garage and I broke my leg, I broke my foot. I was earning my living, shinning up and down ladders at that point, painting the outsides of houses. I said to Fliss on this uh, radiographer's uh, table in Denver, I'd done it when I was attending a conference that somebody paid for us to go to, I said, we're done for, darling, pray we're done for, because if I can't work, we can't live. We came back... My daughter, Jessie, who's just been over here, she caught bacterial meningitis. Now, viral meningitis is a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But you get over it. Bacterial meningitis, if it's not diagnosed within the first 48 hours, makes you blind, deaf, or kills you. Her bacterial meningitis went Forty-eight, uh, four days before it was diagnosed. When they finally diagnosed it, it was one of those mad dashes. We were in Cornwall, across Cornwall in an ambulance with them holding up King Harry ferry and stuff like that. With great queues of holidaymakers, a mile and a half long. They they, they held the. They didn't have air ambulances in those days. They held the ferry so that we could get down. So it was desperate, and we nearly lost her. She was in intensive care for ten days, all in the same period of time. And on top of that, an Alsatian on this campsite that we had moved to and were now living on as you know, holiday makers, huh, took it in its head to try and savage Sam. So much so, we had to complain to the, he never actually got Sam, but we had to, they were in the tent next door and they had, we had to complain to the park owners and ask them to insist that the man kept this, this Alsatian locked in its car it was terrible wasn't it Phyllis? And every time Sam walked past this dog would go crazy it foamed at the mouth it bled at the mouth the inside of the car the windows were covered in spume and blood this was all happening at the same time we felt that the enemy was trying to curse us you may not be able to relate to that and what helped us and what held us was God's promise and the belief that he had called us here and that he would bless us Thank God we're still here, you know. Protection. Did, I, did, I, did God stop me breaking my foot? No. But he preserved us and we did prosper. Did, it, did the blessing stop my daughter getting bacterial meningitis? No. But he preserved her life and she didn't lose any sight. She didn't lose her hearing. So bad things still happen to Christians but God comes out on top. You got it? You got it? Good. Let me just go through four things about the blessing. First of all, I've already mentioned this. It's part of our inheritance. Can we just throw up Galatians 3:29? I wonder if we've got that here. OK, so this is in the New Testament. This is the New Testament. This is Paul writing to the Galatians. And, and, and if, you know, this is a, a little thing I just wanted you to catch. If you belong to Christ, if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, then you are Abraham's descendants. In fact, in my NIV, it says Abraham's seed. And there's a bit of a debate theologically about whether Abraham's descendants are the Jews or whether they are uh, those who are in Christ. And that argument will probably run and run and run. But the scripture says that if we belong to Christ, then we are heirs of Abraham, he is the father of our faith. Some of you have heard that expression, and we are part of his, we are sons and daughters of Abraham. And therefore, as it says here in God's holy script, heirs according to the promise. The blessing comes to us. We are heirs of this blessing. The second thing is, if it's part of our inheritance, it is inevitably tested. I've I've told you a little bit about our own struggles, and we've heard about Michael there, you know. But it is inevitably tested. In in Abraham's story, it's tested. In fact, why don't we just turn to Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. We'll quickly just read that. I think we can shove that up. Great, good. Good. Now, at this point, this is a few chapters on from that initial blessing where God said to Abraham, leave your family, come out, come out, I'm calling you to a, a new thing, a new le- land, a new place, and as you do this, and as you walk in obedience, I will bless you. And I, you're going to be a great nation. Now, many of you know the story. There was a problem. Actually, Abraham and his wife were well on in years, and they, had, they were childless, so how could they be a great nation if they hadn't any children? And and Abraham is beginning to to bother him a little bit. Verse 15, we pick up the story. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. I love that. God is our very great reward. I hope he's enough for you, because there's no better. Make God, make Jesus your reward, your goal, your satisfaction. Because nothing else will satisfy like him. I am your very great award, reward. Verse two. But Abraham said, "Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus." And Abraham said, "You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir." Basically, Abraham's talking to God. He's saying, "Look, you, I, thank you for the wonderful promises of my life, but I, I, you know, I, I still don't have a son." How, and if you haven't noticed, that will mean that my, my, one of my servants or my distant, distant relative in Damascus is going to get my stuff. So please, God, please. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man, Eliezer, will not be your heir, this servant will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. You will have a son, Abraham. And he took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, You, sh- you, you shall, so shall your offspring be. And verse six, this is a critical verse. It says that you know, Aram stood there. Can you see him sort of looking up at the stars and listening and hearing and reflecting upon what God has just said? And he's still getting old and his wife's getting old, well past childbearing years. And he has a decision to make Am I going to believe God? Or am I going to believe my circumstances? Am I going to let my circumstances define me? Or am I going to believe God and his word, his promise? Verse six, the decision. Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. And that released in that time of testing, because the the blessing will always be tested in you. You will go away and there'll be times when you think, I don't feel blessed. This just ain't working. I'm going to become a Buddhist. There'll be time when, when, when you really question and, 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 you, and what God is looking for in that moment is faith. The blessing is activated by faith. It's the boiling water in the pot of the pot noodle you know those pot noodles those things you open them up they look like goodness knows what but you pour some hot water in there and they become this scrumptious sumptuous meal (laughs) because it was my birthday Fizz made me a pot noodle yesterday (laughs) it's usually bread and gruel you know water and I'm teasing and we had a lovely meal something needs to activate the blessing you may have been a follower of Jesus for, for years and years and years, but you're living under a curse. Why? Because you didn't know that there is a blessing, that you are blessed, and that you weren't holding you weren't holding onto God's promises. Not in a, a you know, not in an arrogant, demanding sort of way, but just trusting in God that God was that it was going to end well for you. The blessing is activated by faith. And the fourth thing, which in the early days we got tremendously excited about, and you'll hear more stories about this over the next two or three weeks, the blessing is transferable. You see, in that opening passage, it says that I'm gonna bless you and you are gonna be a blessing. Church, you are called to be blessed and called to be a blessing. And it is as we seek to be a blessing, I don't know, a better way of activating faith As you seek to make choices with your life and your resources, your time, your energy, and your money in order to bless others in Christ's name, however that call functions for you, that is saying to God, I trust you. I'm going to step out in faith. So the blessing is part of our inheritance. Did you know that? Has anybody ever told you that? Well, it's time to come into your inheritance. Secondly, it's inevitably tested, so don't be surprised when bad things happen to Christians or to your family or to yourself. Just tough it out. If you want to just you know, read through the book of Genesis, the, the, the 10 or so chapters about Abraham's life, you'll see that he went through many difficult times, but it finishes with this. He, oh, he, he died in the fullness of years with flocks and cattle and herdsmen, slaves and servants, and his son inherited the blessing. See, it's transferable. It gets passed on. We used to do things like crazy, silly things because we were a bit manic when we first started the church. We used to do things like, you've heard of drive-by shootings, haven't you? Drive-by shootings? You've You've heard of them. You haven't had one, you know drive-by shootings. We used to do drive-by blessings. We thought, why not? So we'd drive down the street, and you know, sunny day, window down, worship music on, just sort of hand out the window, and people just thought we were just kind of, I don't know, dancing, you know. (laughs) In fact, we were doing a drive-by blessing. Bless him, my God. Bless that old lady. Bless that man with that dog. Bless that lady waiting for the post office queue. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, bless him. We had a situation once Last story and then, we, uh, then we're going to press the pause button for now. We'll have the worship and we'll carry on. We had a situation once where uh, Phyllis and I were on a ministry trip to Boise, Idaho. We used to do a lot more traveling in those early days because so there wasn't much to do here. Now there's so much to do here we never escape. <laughs> we were in Boise, Idaho. And we were going to do this sort of conference mission thing there. And we were going to teach on the blessing with Bob Crane. He invited us to come along. And we came up to some road works. And we thought we were going to get through. Thought we were going to get through, but the lollipop changed just as we got there. Stop! So we halted. And there's this dear woman. A lot of ladies work in road construction over in the states. She's standing there. She's got all the gear. It's sweltering, and she's got this sort of bright viz, high viz suit on, and she's got a helmet on, and she's got this lollipop stop go. You know, and we're right there, and. Uh One of the guys says to her, he's chatting, he's saying, pretty hot today, eh? And she says, yeah, I mean, I've been out here since five in the morning. Phew. And then he says to her, he said, "Uh, can I pray a blessing on you? And she said, what? She said, can I pray a blessing on you? We're sat here, you you know, we're going to do, we're Christians, we're going to do a conference on the blessing, can we just pray for you? And she said, well, yeah, I guess so. So he prayed for her. Just, Father, bless this dear woman, serving the community, doing her job here, keeping us all safe, just bless her, whatever is in her life, just bless her. He opened her eyes, and, and, and this woman, just on the outskirts of Boise, and she said, and tears are running down her cheek. She said, that's the nicest thing that anyone has ever done in this job for me. Usually people shout abuse at us. That's the nicest thing. Which church are you going to? We said the Vineyard in Boise. She said, I shall come. Next Sunday she came, she brought her mother and her daughter, and two of them got saved. A drive by blessing. You see, when, when I say bless you, or when I text you, or email you and say bless you, I, I'm, I believe I'm imparting something. Well, you know, say to your, just take that on board. You have the power of blessing. Say to your neighbors and your friends, you know, you can do it in a cheery kind of way. Bless you. Yeah, having a good day. Yeah, bless you, buddy. Do it colloquially. Do it cheerily. But you know what you're doing. You're doing a drive-by blessing. Who knows what that might unlock for that person? And we had people, the whole church got excited about it in those early days, didn't they, Fliss? And we used to do it all the time. Some of us still do. We need to press the pause button now to be continued. Let's have the worship team up and we'll, uh, we'll just finish the service, thank you. Why don't we all stand? Now some of you, I, I issued a little proclamation, prophetic thing at the beginning, saying that God's gonna break curses off you. <clears throat> you need to get some prayer at the end of the service, but I'm gonna do that now. For some of you, you know what that curse is. For some of you, you've just, you can identify with the story, but you can't think of a place when you might have been cursed. doesn't matter. I am going to break the curse off you now. Whatever that means. If you, if you have this inkling that you might be cursed, that there might be something happening in your life that just does not make sense to you, just uh, put your hands in front of you like this, like somebody's going to give you a gift. That's it. Palms upwards. You're, you're going to receive something here open hands you're coming to God empty-handed and I'm going to just speak this word and I'm going to clap my hands I'm going to break this curse off you and then we're going to worship and at the end of the service I'll pray the blessing the number six blessing maybe talk about that next week when I pray that don't just start reaching for your bag and thinking well I'll go dash to the loo and then I get the kids that moment you need to be attentive because at that moment I will pray God's blessing upon you and it says in God's word when the priest prays that prayer that number six blessing over God's people they will be blessed so I'm going to break the curse now our response is going to be worship and then I'm going to pray the blessing at the end of the service okay you got it come Holy Spirit now Richard taught us last week that when we say come Holy Spirit that's not just a vineyard sort of vineyardese prayer we're inviting the kingdom of God to come amongst us whole point of his teaching come Holy Spirit let your kingdom come now I can see the spirit of God on a number of you already you don't want to be looking at me just close your eyes and think on Jesus Lord you know you see our lives they are an open book before you you know where we've been and what we've done you know what we're responsible for and what others are responsible for And for those of us who have been subject to curses, both spoken to our face and spoken behind closed doors and in our absence, those who have been cursed by witchcraft, those who have been spoken and undermined at school, at work, in families and friends, however the curse has been laid at our feet, come Holy Spirit. We speak to that now. Jesus you have become our curse that we might be a blessing and so in the Lord's name I speak to everyone in earshot for whom this prayer this proclamation is meant and I break the curse over you and I say come Holy Spirit let your kingdom infuse this place let your kingdom now come and fill us as we worship. Thank you, Lord.